Pop culture vultures. Welcome back, guys. Um, <laughs> we've had a rough week. <laughs> we really have. We have been through the ringer. No, not a rough few weeks, I'd say. Rough quarter. Oh yeah, might even say that. Yeah, I mean the classes. My classes were fine, but same just, like life in general. Just life kind of emotionally, hit me, emotional yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah, kind of got me fucked. But, um, um, but we're bummed. here. We're here to have a good to have a good time. To have a good time. Yeah. And today we're talking about. Boy bands. That was really in sync. Oh, oh, oh my god, <laughs> that's perfect. So All right. good. Okay. Well, shit. shit. So excited to talk about this, man. I feel like you should go first. I'll go first. I'm oh, I went first. Yeah. Too many ways. I feel god. like we naturally switch off pretty well. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Just amazing. amazing. Yeah, you definitely should go first. Mine is very short and sh- short and sweet. So I'm ready Good. to dig into yours. Mine is long here. and not sweet. Oh. It's convoluted. I'm so fucking ready. <laughs> I also yes. know nothing about your your boy band. So. Oh, I'm so. I mean, excited I was to just never you. like caught up in like the craze of it. So I well, didn't really I know was. What's going on. I'm so ready. This is exciting for me because this band meant so much to me when I was a young teenager when I was preteen. A young lad. A young lad back in my day. <laughs> they got me through some really, really hard times, so I I always will have a little bit of a soft spot for them. But yeah. also they just have so much interesting like shit to talk about. Like so much went on. I can't even stress so that. So excited. Okay, so my boy band is none other than One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest band One in the direction. world. <laughs> the biggest boy band. Even the Beatles haven't had this type of success. Okay. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Maybe not that. In Julia's preteen world, that's how it was. No, they did say that in, um, okay, well, I did watch the One Direction documentary from 2013, This Is Us. Okay. And there is a... There is a news clip of someone being like, even the Beatles haven't had this level of success. People compare them a lot to the Beatles, which is a little bit... Because they're British mm, and they're a boy band? Yes. The Beatles... They're definitely not as big as the Beatles and not as, like, you know, long-lasting. They're not as, like, acclaimed. Yeah, they, they, like... The music is not as good as the Beatles. Well, and they just, like, did more... Their career was longer, so obviously they had more, right. like, growth as a band. Yeah. They, just, well, like, they're also just very different anyway. They, they shouldn't didn't, even compare Yeah, them. they weren't, like, stuck in a boy band era forever like they moved past that exactly. one direction ended before they could yeah. but it'd be interesting to see if they didn't stay together right right well yeah i mean it's just yeah people love to compare them to past you know boy bands and especially british ones especially british ones and they're each one is different in their own way so let's get into it yeah um so they are an english irish Pop boy band. Don't forget that Niall Horan is Irish. I always forget. Irish, Irish lad. You can't grow all in like that. Tinker. Actually, I don't even know the members. I don't know all of them. Oh think. my god, I have so. You're just gonna Harry learn a Niall. lot today. Yeah, tell me. Zane. Yes. Liam. Yeah. Wait, Zane. No, there's another one though. Oh what? Yeah. There's five of them. Literally, my favorite one from when I was a kid. Louis. Louis. Louis was always my favorite because he's, he's the, the blonde funny one. one. No, Niall's the blonde one. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I was 
just know. Okay, let me educate you. You were about to be so educated. I can't wait. Yes. So yes, you just named them. Cast of characters. We've got Harry Styles. I'm not going to name all their um, birthdays, but I will say their signs. Yeah, yeah. Harry Styles, Aquarius. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, Zayn Malik is a Capricorn. Louis Tomlinson, also a Capricorn. Uh. Niall Horan is a Virgo. <gasps> Ooh. Liam Payne is also a Virgo. Oh, that's a horrible combination. Yeah. Capricorn and Virgos in the same... <clears throat> I just can't deal with Capricorns. Sorry. I honestly don't know They're much about Capricorns. Much. Although they are very artistic. I think Mac Miller and Bowie were Capricorns. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Lots of, like, musical talent in that sign. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's interesting how a lot of them are, like, the same. Like, we got two Capricorns, two Virgos, and then just Harry is the one... Weird Aquarius. Interesting. So anyway, they all, all you need to know is that they all competed on The X Factor. I didn't know that. In 2010 as solo artists when they were all between the ages of 16 and 18. Wait, they all competed on it? Yes, as, as solo artists. Oh, fuck. When they were all very young. None of them really stood out as solo artists if you listen to their... <laughs> Their original audition was like, like oh, they're not very good. Um, so Simon Cowell put okay. them into a band and said, here's my Simon Cowell. Wait, sure. Simon Cowell put them in the band? Yes, you didn't know that? Oh my god, there's so much I don't Simon know. Cowell is like integral to their whole career, man. I didn't know that. He basically owned them. They were like his little bitches. <laughs> <laughs> they were like his little bitches. <laughs> no, for real. I didn't know any of this. Oh my god. <clears throat> oh, so I'm so excited for you to learn. Okay, so he said, no, no, no. You've got to work 10, 12, 14 hours a day, every single day, and take this opportunity. You've got a real shot here, guys. Dude, that was such a good Simon Cowell. Really? I don't think it this was. This episode is made for you with your accent. No, like, I actually practiced my accents. Oh, so, wow. guys, I did this while I was in isolation, COVID isolation. <laughs> uh, fun fact, I had COVID last week. It was horrible. But we'll, we won't get into that right now. <laughs> I was getting so into this. Like, this was my coping mechanism. And I was, like, Amazing. practicing the accents. Damn. So, um, this better be good. Wow, this is your debut as an actress. This is my debut. Yeah. Yeah. The whole as world. A One Direction fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and thus, the worldwide cultural phenomenon that is One Direction was born on that day in 2010. So, they continue, right? Wow. Great year for me. I was eight years old. I was old. eight. What, what could be age? better? You know? Nothing. You just fuck around. I was just like playing video games with my brother. Video like, games, running around outside, around eating outside. snacks. Listening to Boom Boom Pow. Yeah. As you do. Wait, is that what it's called? I got a feeling? Gotta get it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. Gotta get it. Boom Boom Pow, gotta get it. <laughs> I don't know the actual name. Okay, anyways. Oh my god. Okay. So yeah, they just started, so they continued as a band um, performing covers on X Factor which is how we received the amazing cover of Viva La Vida, where Niall sings, Ah! Have you seen that video? No. It's really I like, hate Coldplay, so that's like the worst. Really? Even Viva La Vida? I just fucking hate Coldplay. Anyway, so yeah, they started to gain a lot of attention for their vocal skills, as well as their cute, charming looks and personalities. So let's break down the role, that because each of them had a distinct role in the band, which is another reason for their success, I think. So, Harry was always known as the, like, romantic one, and generally the favorite, you know, people, like, think that, you know, it's always, like, Harry. Harry's the lead, he's like, the he's the one who stands out. Yeah. He's the most attractive, I'd say. He's the most attractive, so that, he kind of was always the favorite. Liam's, like, the practical, responsible one, he's, like, the dad of the group. 
Louis like the funny, silly one, comic relief, um, but also like the oldest one, so he's like mature. And then Niles, the nice, innocent, jolly little Irish lad. And Zane's like the quiet, mysterious one. Yeah. Those are their images. Uh, those are like the what they became known for in the band, kind of. Um, so actually, so they got to the finals of the X Factor 2010, and they lost. They came in third. They did not win the show. Oof. And as Niall said in the 2013 film, This Is Us, <laughs> we were gutted. <laughs> we were gutted. We were gutted. <laughs> so yeah, they lost. But they were so popular with fans that Simon Cowell offered the band a recording contract under his label Psycho Music, which is now defunct. <laughs> I'll have you oh. know. Uh, for reasons that we'll get into. So let's just get into a little bit about, like, why did they get such a big fan base? Even when they were on The X Factor, people were obsessed with them. So basically, they were different from previous boy bands in the way that they, none of them did choreographed dances or anything like that. None of them played instruments. They really were just very... None of them played instruments? No. Why is not? They just sang. So that, so that already sets them apart, it, and that's also why people like people were like, why do people like these people, these this band? Like, what? Yeah, they, I mean, do shit? they were like musicians, though, right? Like, did they also like play instruments, or were they all just vocalists, like starting out? Um, I think like they definitely like Niall always played the guitar, and they all had like some musical experience. Okay, yeah, that's what I mean. But I mean, I'm not band. saying that like vocalists aren't musicians, but like, right. I mean, like with instrumentation. Yeah, experience but that. definitely their main thing when they were all in the band was that they all were just mainly sung. Wow. Yeah, I they were just that. vocal artists. Um, and they didn't do any choreographed dance. Like, they famously, like, hated dancing. So they're really just, like, five silly lads just <laughs> singing, having a blast. Um, they're all from, like, working-class families that just kind of somehow ended up in this situation. And none of them, like, take themselves too seriously. Like, they're very authentic. And I think that really adds to their appeal. Like, people mm -hmm. just found them relatable. They're endearing. Um, I'll get into this more later, but like when I talk about their legacy, but they're very like affectionate with one another and just cute. cute. Just, like, just like some fun, just like silly lads having a blast. Silly lads. And people were like, this is what we need in the world in 2010. <laughs> so then their first album, Up All Night, came out in 2012, topped the charts around Europe, sold a million copies in the US. Damn. And the single, What Makes You Beautiful, blew up all over the world. Oh yeah, do be remembering that. Right? Yeah. That one was huge. <laughs> and it really uh, is reflective of the age they were at the time, because, you know, they're still, like, late teens. Um, and the age, just like the, the period of time, too, it's like very carefree pop music about adolescent heartbreak, adolescent revelry. <sighs> Great stuff. Amazing. So also another thing that made them big was that they blew up right when social media was emerging. Oh. And this is also what makes them unique Fuck because social right. media really helped launch them. Um, especially like during their X Factor days, they started, they had a really, they had a YouTube channel and they made video diaries. Oh my God, that'll do it. And those Fuck. were, those are, if you're in the 1D fandom, you know the video diaries. <laughs> so um, as social media expanded, so did their influence, especially across platforms like YouTube, Tumblr, Wattpad. Oh, oh, okay, that, the trifecta for teenage girls. Literally. Um, Instagram, and it just created like a mega fandom across multiple platforms. Unlike any in, any other boy, boy band before, like they were, they're just like a huge part of uh, yeah, just social media the culture. Yeah, internet and social media. Yeah. it's like that elevates you like to another. Extreme. Right, and also like fan accounts. That was when that stuff started, and One Day played a big part in that. So true. 
Um, they toured after their first album, and then they released their second album, Take Me Home, later that same year. God damn, these boy bands be slinging out these albums. Slinging. Oh my god, and that's going to be a common theme. So that one is pretty much just like Up All Night, like it's same like poppy 2000s sound. Yeah. Um, let's see. But then, so the first album wasn't written by any of them, but on Take Me Home, they started contributing more to the songwriting process and having more of a say for the sound they wanted. Mm -hmm. um, it's still, like, not very reflective of them, but you see the steps being taken. Slowly getting Slowly there. getting there as they're, like, maturing and, like, you know, coming into their fame. Yeah. Um, so they toured that album, too, continued to blow up, released a 3D concert tour documentary, This Is Us. Cinematic masterpiece, if you ask me. <laughs> Julia reads it 10 out of 10. I watched it last week. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> still um, holds up since Still holds up. It's so nostalgic. It's amazing. so amazing. It's so fun. Okay, so. Um, and then their third studio album, Midnight Memories, dropped in 2013. Um, so That's do like you the see, following year? Yes. Two in one year and then another in the year. They after. released five albums in five years and did five tours. Or was it five tours? No, four tours. You can only do that if you are... A teenager, like you only will have the energy to do that. If yes, you're a teenager. and like, it, no and other it, and it still can do took that. the life out of them yeah. afterward. Jesus fuck! Isn't that insane? They worked so much. So Midnight Memories, they matured a lot, and this album started to take on more of a edgy rock sound. Mm. You also see they all start to get tattooed up, and that kind of reflects how they're oh. they're growing up a little bit, you know. Um, it's a lot less two thousands like bubblegum pop. The lyrics become a bit more profound, um, like. Story of my life, you know that, right? Y'all have to sing me a little, a little ditty. Story of my life. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> wow, raspy. Julia needs a This is my singing, singing debut too. Oh my god, her debut and everything. You have to know it. It's like it written in these walls are the stories that I can't explain. I really yeah come I on really was not in it at all I had no wow, association but that was a huge song and honestly that's actually a pretty good song I'm not gonna lie it has like a Mumford mm. and Sons kind of sound it's mm. kind of folky but though it was good because Mumford that was and Sons is bad. <laughs> damn that's true <laughs> but it was the, it was big at the time yeah 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 so they started to you know branch out a little bit and that by taking on these more, you know, different sounds like folk and rock and stuff. And that kind of allowed them to extend beyond their fandom a little bit. So it wasn't just like young teenage girls liking yeah. them. People were like, okay, we can dig it. We, we can, can dig the story of my life, dude. <laughs> um, and then after Midnight Memories was released, they embarked on their first stadium tour and their third tour. Okay, that's fucking crazy. Like, by your third tour, you're already on a stadium tour? That's how Jesus fucking Christ. huge they was. And it was the highest grossing tour by a vocal group in history. What? Yes. Well, I guess there's not really a lot of vocal groups. Right. But and, still. But still, <laughs> big deal. So their writing, recording, touring, and promotion schedule was literally so hectic that their tour engineers would make makeshift vocal booths out of mattresses in hotel rooms. So that they could do have like writing and recording sessions, like oh my fucking and they would god! Just, as they were on tour, as they were on tour, so they were still popping out like recording songs while they were. They were touring? popping out stuff. Okay, how I were will... their vocal cords not shredded? They had to be. They were like literally exhausted. Here, I'll, what in the a, actual fuck? In a 2019 interview with This Morning, Liam Payne revealed how the band would have two weeks to write albums on the road. <gasps> 
since their management already sold tickets for the next tour. Holy shit. That's how... That is commercialism right there. Yes. That shows how that, they were treated like commodities. Yeah. It and they're so intense. young and like naive and they probably loved the fame that they were like didn't even realize. Exactly. And you see that now. They talk about it now and they're like, obviously it was an amazing opportunity. I'm so grateful for it. And it was so fun. But like we should not have been treated but like that. they like, were overworked. treated terribly. They were overworked and... Yeah. And like, I will get they're into that still more. kids, honestly. Like at the start of their career, they're like, taken advantage of. Yeah, they're like what Kai's age, like sixteen, super 17? young. Jesus Christ! So that's gonna fuck you up. That interview is yeah. also called Liam Payne on why he needed therapy after One Direction. Uh, so that, that doesn't tell you something. Yeah. I don't know what does. Damn. Um, so yeah, they would literally like put you know do writing and recording sessions whenever possible, like right before or even after performances sometimes. They'd be Holy singing shit. for like two hours and then like, all right, let's go record something new for the new album. It was that insane. That can't sound good. Like how? Right. Honestly, how? Lots of auto-tuning. Oh, maybe. for sure. And, on, and just like some bad quality music. Although Probably. it did progressively get better over the years, I will say. Yeah, but they were just like... Just get it going. Yeah. Um, so many of the boys have also spoken about how they just barely had any personal time off. Um, because sometimes they were literally playing a show every other day. Their personal relationships were probably shit. Yes. You're catching on. <laughs> I'm a quick learner, guys. <laughs> oh, we will get into that. Um, so then in 2014, they released their best album, in my opinion. The impeccably named, so creative, it's called Four. Maybe that is, like, that's emblematic of how they're, like, I'm more tired of the shit. Yeah, literally, just call like, it four. Just call it four. <laughs> then they'll still fucking buy it. Like, literally. <laughs> what, we're still gonna make, like, millions of dollars literally. off of this. Um, so it's their most, like, expansive album. It really... It's just their, like, you can see they're finally... It's mostly their artistic influences and interests. Like, it's very... You can tell there's, like, a Fleetwood Mac inspired mm. sound there's some like rolling stones inspired sounds on there um it really became more of their own and i love that album like that album is actually good like fireproof where do broken hearts go they performed that live on the x factor with ronnie wood he's the guitarist from rolling stones oh so that shows how they're starting Damn. to really branch out a little bit and even making, though mick jagger now like roast the fuck out of Harry Styles. Just, that's been really cool about him. He was like, people are comparing me to Harry Styles, but he doesn't have the stage presence like I do, and I was androgynous ever before he was, or whatever. Really? Yeah, he said some shit I like thought that. Mick Jagger liked Harry Styles. I think he does, but he's like, he obviously has like superiority, like, I'm, I'm oh, Mick Jagger, yeah. so like, obviously, you can't compare anyone to me. Which okay, like, that's You can't, but like... But Harry Styles is like Mick Jagger. Exactly. I'm like, like he's like a can. modern Mick Jagger. Yeah, I'm like, you could still like... A pre I think, and he does. I, I didn't read like the full article. He probably said some nice shit in there as well. But that was like the headline of like. He's just sad that he's becoming irrelevant. <sighs> oh, well, not his, not his legacy though. But he just doesn't want anyone to be. That's fair. Than him I mean, I feel like you can't you can't compare artists to other artists. You can like see their influences, but yeah. every artist is unique in their own exactly. way. Exactly. So. <laughs> and we we support that here. On pop we support cultures. individuality <laughs> on pop culture bullshit. Individuality <laughs> is at the heart of the pod. <laughs> Okay, um, so then after they released that, they embarked on another super high-grossing stadium tour. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, did you ever see them? I did see them! I saw them in 2015, and I bought the sickest One Direction snapback. <laughs> I thought I was that so cool. That is so 2015. A snapback? <laughs> Literally. Ooh. Was it like flat bill? Flat bill. Oh, Huge. yeah. That's where it's at. I got a tiny little head. Yeah, you do. A small head. I have like, a small little head. And small. it was huge. Yeah. 
And I was like, yes, let me pay $50 for this. No way, did you actually pay $50? It was probably like, maybe like $30 or $40. Oh, you know concerts. Fucking Christ. And I ate that shit up, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. would you would. go with like your dad? I went with my friend in middle school and we Aww. had such a good time. That was like, honestly, probably one of the best memories I have from that period of my life. Damn. It was literally an amazing night. And I still look back on it and I'm like, oh my gosh, when I think about that. It like the energy at a One Direction concert is actually really fun. Like there's like no fans, like a bunch of teenage girls. Like honestly, they are exactly. have the most emotion. The most and just, passion. Like, spirit. Yeah. Like God And it, and when you're a no part wonder of that, that boy it's a really so it's a really welcoming and you know, good environment to be in. Yeah, Especially when beautiful. you're like seeing these people who like mean so much to you. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, so damn. Okay, you were right. Boom, After this, boom. cracks are beginning to show behind the scenes. So do. if you watch videos from the boys in 2010, 20, like 2010 through 2013 versus 2014 and 2015, Early drastic change. Have drastic. You? In like the early years, they're all really affectionate with each other. They're all like just, you know, ecstatic like yeah. so excited and full of you know youth full and of happiness life. full of life um and then in 2014 2015 they're all like they're a lot more distant they're really tired especially zane he <laughs> suffered from really looking bad rough buddy <laughs> he's looking rough at this time he suffered from really bad anxiety anyway like actually with the x factor he like his mom had to like force him to get out of bed to audition that day, mm. so he almost didn't even audition because he actually has pretty bad stage fright and just anxiety mm. in general. Um, he also just really didn't like the music they were making. Obviously, they were all really overworked and they had spent so much time together yeah, that they probably Christ. like were getting really sick of each other. Um, and apparently, Zayn even developed an eating disorder. He was like really, really skinny towards the end. Damn! And when you the see fuck? them performing, they look tired and depressed. Oh my God. <laughs> Especially Zayn. So he left the band in the middle of the tour. On March 25th, 2015. The when did fateful you see them? Day. Do you remember what month you saw them? I saw them. I saw them after Zayn left. <gasps> I saw them in July in 2015. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I know. Kind of sad I didn't get to see Zayn. Because really, and I'll talk about this, it's not the same without Zayn. Mm. Was not the same without Zayn. It's not Zane. the Zayn. Not the same without Zayn. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this shocked the world. Do, do, do you remember this or do, were you not? Was this when he like left the band? And everyone... He left the band in the middle of the tour. Girls were like crying, like freaking out. I have a video to show you. Oh um, no. Is it of you? Yes. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. So I X'd Zane out of all my posters, all my calendars, every piece of 1D content I had, I grabbed an orange highlighter. An orange highlighter? Like the worst <laughs> fucking thing to And I was like out. crying, like exiting it out, like pissed. And it was, it was like such an intense day for many a depressed young fangirl's Damn. heart. Um, so, and also just like shocked everybody because the guys were in the middle of the tour. Yeah. And they were on a, I, they were, so they were on, they're signed on to this deal where they had to do five albums. Mm, like a contract? Yeah, the contract. So they had to That's do. That's a long contract. What the Isn't fuck? Isn't that crazy? It's like two, three. Right? Five fucking albums. And that's, that's like a lot of how they were taken advantage of them. Exactly. Jeez. They were really taken advantage of. So they're, the rest of the guys were kind of like, what the fuck? We got to finish this tour um, and do one more album without Zayn. 
Um, and so they did. They released Made in the AM in 2015. But you could tell they were kind of just doing it like it's they had to, more like for the They had to, yeah. and they, they were all like, we can't do this anymore. And it was kind of for the fans. And a lot of the music on that album is like, for the fans it's like yeah. saying like don't for, like they're they were really nice about it they're like don't forget about us don't forget about all we did yeah you know guys like we're still in your hearts but <laughs> we're like we can't do this we're anymore we're still in your hearts <laughs> we can't do this we anymore we can't take it um and yeah the, the made in the end is not great there's some bops on there it's not bad but uh zane is just really integral to the band's sound he's a really mm. good singer he Damn. he is probably I think Harry, Harry and Zayn are the strongest singers. Damn. There, so. So, yeah, they all just seemed very sick of each other, and no wonder, given the amount of time they've spent together, mm-hmm. being constantly publicly scrutinized, working nonstop. And so at the end of 2015, they announced that they would be going on hiatus, which is, like, just a break. But <sighs> obviously that's never good. That's a, that's a boy band trend, we'll find exactly. out. Exactly. And so One Sadly. Direction went... Multiple directions. Okay, let's get into some of the shady things. Oh, I love the shady shit. Yes, now. there's lots. So the biggest thing that we've already touched on, mismanagement under psycho music and their management, which is called modest management. Overworked them, treated them like commodities. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there was a lot of like just tabloid media stories that emphasized stupid things like who they were dating rather than their talent. Also, like what? They're literally teenagers. They're like literally... let them live their fucking oh, lives. Oh my god. It's crazy the way the media portrayed them too. Like always on their back, like always chased by paparazzi. Especially Harry, because he's like, you know The fave. The fave. And also because he was the most sexualized. Like, if you see the way this man, even even now he's sexualized. Well, now, but he, like, does it himself. Like, he, yeah, he's, he kind he's of, like, into it. Want, yeah, he, like, he almost, like, I don't know, maybe he wants it, but, like, he definitely, like, draws on that, I think. Like, oh, yeah. he seems well, all he's, right with it. Well, he's, a, like, a sex symbol. Yeah. He's, like, one of our generations. But also, if you, like, listen to his lyrics and stuff, you're like, well, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. you're kind of putting that message out there, which, like, you know, whatever. Definitely. Do what you gotta do, but... Nothing bad, but, but they've like, been doing this since as he was sixteen. So, and and you think, and sometimes you see foul. the things that people asked him to do, or like questioned him, or wrote about him, or like said in interviews or whatever. And it's like, because that's if, just wrong. If you're in the media, you fucking know. Teenage girls, you know, on Tumblr is a different story. On Wattpad is a different right. story. But in the media, like grown men and women, that is literally illegal. And like, it would also <laughs> there's also just a lot of double standards because if they were saying these things to like a teenage woman, teenage yeah. girl. Of like a famous, it would be a bigger deal, and it's kind of just brushed off because he's a guy. Yeah. But just... he's very sexualized. And all of them were, too. They all were just, you know, constantly scrutinized by the media in, yeah. in ways that made them look bad. Um, so they were also just the demand for them was so high that that's all their management and, you know, cared about was just bringing in money and really disregarded their well-being. They just wanted to bank off their success nonstop. As the music industry does. As they do. Another thing. Plagiarism out the wazoo, No way. So much plagiarism, dude. And, like, what? Like, from who? Who'd they rip off? So many people. (laughs) I need you to listen to... This is going to be one of my sources, but... 
There's this podcast called Every Single Album, which is a podcast by The Ringer. They did uh, every single album, and they've done this with like Taylor Swift albums too, but they did it with One Direction. Like they, they each episode is like they talk about a different album, oh, um, a different One Direction album, and just get into everything. I really like recommend you listen to that. But they also uh, they talk a lot about the songs that they plagiarized in each of their albums because they go through each album and talk about like how many were plagiarized. Yeah. So obviously, like I feel like that's natural to some extent to take influence you know and maybe not realize it yeah every Uh, every artist does that yes but they did it so blatantly sometimes and so often and some legal action was taken against them at times and they were called out for it but they mostly kind of got away with it like there was really no serious consequences they were young and like no one i that's so weird because they were so so. big though they were so big now everyone was coming after what's her nuts um, Olivia Rodrigo. I feel like right? I her all the time, but like everyone was just co- going after her for like everything I know. about play, like copyright stuff and like that's so interesting. I do think like, that people maybe at the time it wasn't it was just easier to kind of brush it off. Like in when you know between 2010 and 2015, maybe it was just like people weren't. Maybe we're now just people like are more, a lot more uh, like into. I think maybe it. people. I don't know because people cared a lot in the early 2000s because like the boom of the internet and stuff there was so much with copyright laws like right. so many copyright feuds between like in the 90s and early 2000s so mm-hmm. that's like interesting I don't I don't know, I don't know how they got away with it who do they rip off do you know um, anyone a few key? examples best song ever rips off the who's Babbo O'Reilly no well I feel like a lot of songs rip off Babbo yeah O'Reilly, sure um Rock Me, their song. It's the lesser-known one on Take Me Home. It's literally just We Will Rock You by Queen. Really? It literally is. <laughs> Wait. They really do that? That's oh how it God. starts. Why would you even, like, try? Like, why would you even do that if everyone, like, is going to think Queen? I guess maybe young girls, they just, like, don't know. They don't know. know. And then, so they don't. No, because when I was in the fandom, I, didn't, I never, like, realized that a lot of their songs were plagiarized. Yeah. And I wouldn't have you, cared yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I love them. I don't care. <laughs> um... So another, so yeah, that's just a big thing, is that they kind of just got away with a lot of plagiarism. It's so wack. Um, another thing, the fans. So the fans are crazy. Yeah. Like, so devoted. And here's the thing. I think young female fans are very passionate, always. I think they're, they're good fans. The Beatles would not be the Beatles without their fans, no, without really. young girls. Yeah. Um, and that goes for, that's like, so many artists. I, like, want to talk about the, the end after, because, like... I'm just, like, baffled by boy bands. Like, we'll get into it, but it just, like, amazes me, like, how it's how much they are fueled by their fans and how, like, it'd be different if they, that, like, wasn't a thing. Or, like... Oh, yeah. I don't know. Very different. It's very interesting. So, but, you know, young women are always demonized for enjoying things. Like, we don't call male sports fans hysterical. Literally. Even though they fight and vandalize things. Like, have you seen the Philadelphia Eagles fans? Yeah. They are crazy. And they're like grown men. And, and these like are grown embarrassing. adults. Yeah, like that is embarrassing. And they, they don't, it's just like, oh yeah, like support just, the whole like, It's literally just sexism. Like it the is. bottom line is just sexism. It's just sexism. Like anything that women care about, like if we show too much emotion in any way, it's like, ooh, yes. bad. You're too passionate about something, bad. It's also just Oh, you're little. crying about something, bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're mad about something, bad. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> can't do anything. So yeah, they, it just, yeah, double standards at the wazoo. And also people just belittled them because they're mostly young too. They're like, well, you're young, so obviously your music taste is not going to be good or something, which is also yeah. fucked up. But yeah. um, And I understand being fanatical about these guys, especially if you're, like, depressed and going through a hard time and need a coping mechanism. Like, I think boy bands, I think that's another reason why boy bands are successful is yeah. that 
they're very like reaffirming and comforting to people who are going through it's hard times. It's that parasocial relationship thing. Yes. And people do that nowadays all the time. I mean, because it's talked about a lot, like that parasocial, right. like that wasn't like a thing anyone even talked about during that time. So it's like, exactly. now that you see that, like from that perspective, it makes a lot more sense. Exactly. Especially for teen girls with like, I'm not saying for teen boys, it's like not as hard like puberty and stuff, but like your hormonal changes yeah, maybe it is a little hard. Like, it's just, like, right? so fucked. Like, you are literally going through so much just, exactly. like, that you don't understand, like, in your brain. It's also the time that you are becoming attracted to people, yeah. too. So, you know, of course yeah. you're going to be it's these, like, guys who and are And if cute. you're, like, heterosexual, yeah, then that's just, exactly. like, the, And that's, like, and mar- even if and it's marketed not. towards It's that, marketed to, yeah. like, a heterosexual young And they're women. branded like yeah. that. Um, and also just because they're, you know, singing songs about like how you're perfect no matter what you look like mm-hmm. and very reaffirming it's positive messages. That, yeah. Um, and you know, of course they're going to be fanatical and it's yeah. going to make you feel good, especially if you're depressed or something. And that's going to make you like display your emotions even more strongly, yes. especially if a bunch of other girls are showing the same thing and you feel mob like you mentality. fit in. Exactly. Yes. Which exactly. is the same thing with sports. Like the mom mentality. It's exactly. the same thing. And that's and so that's totally, you know, understandable. But these girls, not even just girls, you know, they had guy fans as well. But people took it too far at times. Yeah. Um, they really invaded their privacy. So many times like stalked and harassed. Like, these people, like, the boys were unable to go anywhere without being mobbed. And, of course, they're, like, treated like sexual objects, too. Yeah. Um, to the point that it was just, like, really, like, downright creepy and invasive. And I have an example that I think is particularly apt. Oh, no. Um, so, Harry once threw up on the side of the highway. No. No. Paparazzi took photos of him while he was puking, of course. Because okay, he great. can't get a fucking break. And then fans... He's, like, literally... He's just yeah. yakking. And they're, like, he's yeah, bombing everywhere. And they're, like, amazing content. They're, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and fans made a sign saying Harry Styles puked here with, like, hearts all over it. And sold his puke on eBay. No! They sold his puke. How did you get it? They probably just, like, put it in a little bag. They touched it with their hands. I wouldn't be surprised. They probably licked it. Oh, my... Are you kidding? These people are crazy. Some some of them, I'm not saying a whole fan base, of course, like, you know, but some of them were just, did not know boundaries at oh all. Oh my fucking God. And it's like, it's, it's ironic because they're like, oh, they're like, that's how they're like showing their love. They're like, oh, I just love you so much. That's why I would do this. But in the process, they're actually just being really disrespectful and invasive. Yeah. And I mean, there's just, some, I feel like as you're a teenager, you know, it's kind of, it's not like a, an excuse, but... Right. They're still learning Your brain's and they're not still socialize, like learning how to socialize, being exactly. socialized. And it's like, okay, I get it, but you should still know like your boundaries. And it's hard because it's not like, that's not like, they're not like a real person to them. That's their fucking idol. Exactly. Like, so they don't know boundaries to that It's point, like a it's God. not a real person. Yeah. Right. It's not even a real person. To them you don't point. see them as a real no, person. No, it's your fucking Exactly. Idol. Which, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's ironic, but... Yeah. Uh, crazy. So you can just see how a myriad of factors, like so much fame at a young age, first of all, invasive fans, really insane work schedule, constant media, public scrutinization, objectification, no breaks from each other, would create so much mental health issues and rifts within the band. So obviously it's like, I'm glad they broke up. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's like it, and they all, generally they seem 
way happier now that they're not in the band anymore. Good. As they should. Let's get into their legacy. Yeah. Yes. So, as of 2020, 1D has sold a total of 70 million records worldwide, making them one of the best-selling boy bands of all time. God damn. 70 I wonder where that puts them among, like, bands in general. Right? Probably pretty high. Pretty high. Pretty freaking high. Jeez, look. Um, another, like, a positive thing is that they, they spread pretty, like, they were pretty positive role models. Yeah. Um, even though each of them had their own flaws and they're often painted poorly in the media, they're generally, you know, good role models, especially for young girls and boys, too. Um, they really defied a lot of, like, toxic traits usually associated with, like, masculinity. Yeah. Um, like, they are very close with one another. Um, that's also how a lot of the, like, gay rumors between them were fueled, which is a whole other can of worms we won't get into, but... <laughs> Julia will not be reading her fanfiction <laughs> on this podcast. I do um, not. I do not want to refer to the Larry Stylins and fanfiction I may or may not have written when I was 13. <gasps> Larry Stylins! Let's not talk about it, okay? Let's not talk about it. It's probably, like, pretty well written. I feel like you were, like... Some of them... No, some of these fan fictions were actually incredible. Like, no, no, so I Wattpad shit, like, people are good fucking writers on there. Like, they, they need to actually, like, no, one of put them put that into, like, actual, yeah, you know, good use. So, yes, they defied, you know, toxic masculinity. Um, they made fans of all different ethnicities, sexualities, and backgrounds feel accepted and appreciated. And they didn't demean the seriousness of their mostly female fan base either, like society and the media often does. Mm -hmm. Like, they mm -hmm. celebrated their fans. And, Which is you know, amazing. They never demeaned them for being young or female or whatever. Like, they were just happy to have the support. Which mm -hmm. is really nice, too, because their fans could be crazy. And they were yeah. still, like, you know, you, you know, like, at least show their... They weren't just, like, rude to their fans. Them. Yeah. yeah, they were really kind to their fans. Because I feel like... Oftentimes when you, I don't know, I've just heard a lot of stories with celebrities, like, when you meet them, they're, like, such assholes, and that shatters your whole, right. like, And they're not like that. Them. They're yeah. not. Or especially, I mean, a few of them are, like, a little more like that, but, yeah, you know, most of them are, like, very general. appreciative. Yeah. yeah sure they also supported a lot of good philanthropic causes throughout 1D. Um, so those are some of the, like, positive parts of their legacy. Amazing. Um, another thing, another just big thing, is that their single Perfect for Made in the Am, which I don't like that song, but it reached the Billboard Top 10, making it their fifth overall Top 10 hit, which broke the Beatles record for the most Top 10 Hot 100 debuts among bands. Oh, my God. So that's the Beatles record they broke. Holy shit. So oh, that's why the guy was... Blah, blah, blah about the Beatles. <laughs> Even the Beatles haven't seen this level of success. So, so yeah. Um, so what are these cheeky lads doing now, you might oh be asking gosh. yourself. Where are they today? Where are they now? Uh -huh. um, so like I said, they all seem better, honestly. I mean, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> but they are taking things at their own pace, making music that they seem like they actually enjoy. So I'm happy They've for them. They've been revived in the They've fresh. been revived. They took some time off, you know, after the band. Um, okay, I'm going to group them like... I'm sorry, but the one I actually keep up with and know the most about is Harry. I mean, everyone. <laughs> but, like, everybody Yeah, does. how can you not? So he's, I'm just, like, in he's the public eye all the time. And he's just he should the be. biggest one. He's just yeah. our star. Um, he's our star. He's still our favorite. He's our shining star. He's our shining star. <laughs> um, but, so I'm going to do Louis, Zane, and Niall, Niall and Liam together first. So, yeah. Louis has released one album thus far. He also has a child. What? 
Yeah, a lot of them are with a famous person or just just with a random girl. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a judge on X Factor, and he's currently on tour. Uh, Zayn. He has a lot of stuff, doesn't he? He does. So he released. He has three solo albums so far. Damn. Kind of a dick about One Direction. Like really? apparently he's kept in contact with some of them. Like kind of, but he's really, he's like talked a lot of shit about the band, and you can just tell that he's probably like pretty unhappy during it, which makes sense. But yeah, you don't have to be shitty about it because the other guys, for the most part, like are like you know still grateful for it. Like yeah. they don't talk shit about the others or like talk shit about the experience. It's like so. why would you? I mean, I understand like if you've been through a lot with that, but it's not like any, right. th- anyone any one of them I think was like super outright like rude or like horrible to the other ones like why you no. talk shit now like it's exactly not that deep. <laughs> i mean there's definitely some shit that went on behind the scenes you know yeah but... we never know the full story but if he's right. the only one that's like yeah being all petty like come on yeah he's very he seems pretty petty and kind of immature just saying but uh beautiful voice and he's good looking beautiful voice and he's uh good and he's kind of hot so good for him but he also had a kid with Gigi hadid oh and then also like pushed her mom? Like, did you hear about that? <laughs> what? <laughs> Pushed her, like, down the stairs? No, his, um, so, like, Yolanda Hadid, do you know her? That's Gigi Hadid's mom. No. Anyway, what she's, like, Gigi crazy. What does Gigi Hadid even do? Is she a model? She's a model. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she's a model. And her mom is, like, famously, her mom was, like, on Real Housewives of whatever the <gasps> fuck. So her mom is, like, kind of a shit. Like, she always was, like, <laughs> restricting what Gigi could eat and stuff. When I first read this, I took it with, like, a grain of salt when this news story came out. But apparently he actually did. He, like got into an argument with Yolanda and, like, <laughs> pushed her against a dresser. And so that's, like, a that was, like, a big scandal. People were like, what the fuck, Zane? Yeah, even if she said some fuck shit or it's whatever. It's still, like, being a bitch, okay, don't, don't physically abuse. Like, so, yeah. Don't, yeah. And so now they're broken up again. He, he and Gigi have been, like, off and on for, like, years, but they have a kid together, so. Oh. That's what's going on with Zane. <laughs> Boy, have fun with that, Zane. Now let's move on to the most unproblematic and purest soul in One Direction, I would say. Oh. Niall. Niall. He's just a sweet little lad. So yeah, Niall has two albums so far. He's also gone on tour. Literally, no, I don't have any other updates. Like, he is never in the news for bad things. He's just, like, living his life playing golf. He's always playing golf. <laughs> just minding his own business. I love Niall. Aww. And Niall also apparently has the best relationship with all of them. Like, they all seem to love Niall. Bro, He's just, like, a sweet little lad. Aww. Um, Liam Payne has released one album. He's done a lot of collaborations with other pop artists. Um, I think his music is really terrible. Sorry, really? that's like my opinion, but it's really bad. And he has a child named Bear Payne. Just let that sink in. Recent news, Liam Payne did, he was on Logan Paul's podcast, Already a Red Flag. Oh. Already a Red Flag. He talked so much shit about One Direction. He talk, he's talked a lot of shit. And he's he also, trying to do it for like clout at this point. Like, come oh, on. That's how he comes across. Man. He comes like, across as like immature. Sorry you like, no, have nothing for like sorry your music sucks he was also saying he was saying that like his music is the most his solo music is the most successful out of all the boys i was like that is so blatantly wrong have you seen even niall is is better than that um so yeah sorry i kind of like trashed zane and liam i don't hate them i'll always have some you know a soft spot for all of them yeah but that's just what's been going on recently and how they a little bit of tea a little bit of tea there so let's move on to Harry okay. Styles. Shining Star. Our Shining Star. So, Harry Styles has released three solo albums. Harry's House just came out. Absolute yeah, banger. Guys, oh. it's such a good listen it's to. It's so, so good, good for the summer. No like, skips, honestly. No, well, 
Let's get a little freak. freak. <laughs> <laughs> it's a freak. good song after like part. I don't know. It's I don't like an like okay it. song. It sounds like Taylor Swift. And I like yeah, Taylor Swift. I do skip it. It kind of has um an Ed Sheeran oh, edge yeah, to it, and that. I cannot. No, I don't like it. that. No, I need but the this. rest of it with the seventies, eighties like pop so influences fun. is just really amazing. It's just amazing. Ugh. Um, he's become quite a little androgynous rock star icon. You know, drawing on Mick Jagger, David Bowie. Yeah. He's frequently compared to them. He also launched his acting career in Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk, came out in 2017, oh, and he fuck, has yeah. two more movies coming out. Wait, two? Yeah. Um, Don't Worry Darling, Don't worry, darling which yeah. is he's starring in with Florence Pugh. Yeah, I know. I watched the trailer. <gasps> oh, I want to see it so much. It's crazy. I'm excited. And then he's in another one called My Policeman, which is apparently about, like, it's like a forbidden gay love story in like, <gasps> England in the, like, 50s. Oh, my fucking and he's, God. And he's the policeman. Um, he's Amazing. also a style icon. He's been on the cover of Vogue. Um, he has his own skincare and nail polish line. Oh my God, he does? Yeah, he pleasing. Fuck. It's called pleasing. Yeah. Wow. He has done so much. And he's, he's really still making music and touring. Damn. And his stage presence is amazing. He's really fun oh, yeah, to see live. I him too. I also oh saw him. God. I saw him in 2018. I actually like to go and see him. I only recently, very, very recently, like the past months, started listening to Harry Styles. As you <gasps> and now you like him. And I do like him. And I'm like, See, people say he's him. overrated. Honestly. Okay, some people are overrated for a reason. You know, like hyped up a lot for, for a good reason. You know, like. Yeah, and I think he just is. Good. Like, he is just it. good. He is just good. He's good. And he's also a, he's a very positive role model, especially for like LGBTQ plus people. Mm-hmm. Is um, he? So he's never, now this is a point of yeah, contention. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get too into it, but he has never publicly labeled his sexuality. Um, so all Which people, like you don't, you don't need to, to like. No. I just feel like, I, I mean, I obviously can't, I don't have to say, but if you're like an icon, it's just like, I can, I mean, you don't always have to be out either, like label it as anything, right. but like, I don't know, it might be, I don't know, it's just like harder to say when you're like in that, like you hold that space as like an icon and a role model for a community and yes. you're not really fully seeing Actually yourself there. in that community. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So it's just That's why, it, yeah, it's it's complicated because he... He doesn't label it, but it's also, that's part of how he is. He's very private. He does not disclose a lot to people, which no fucking wonder after what he's been through. Of course he doesn't want to, you know, people are always speculating and like trying to get into his business. So he tries to keep everything really private. So I think that's part of it. Um, Just like a personal preference. But also people think that he queer baits a lot because he, you know, like waves pride flags very androgynous he has said multiple times he's like said like we're all a little bit gay aren't we he has a song where he like talks about having sex with men and women yeah um so you know it's kind of speculated that he's like bi but he's because he's never openly said it it's like oh he's queer baiting because he's acting like he's a part of he's he's like an icon for this community but he hasn't actually come out as that like that would give people more like if you are like in the lgbtq like community that could be like kind of irritating but also like Mm-hmm. You know that's his right to like it's yours at the, in the end at the end of the day it's your sexuality like you can label it however you want you can say whatever you want about it and like that's your business only personal yeah but also it's like it's kind of complicated because it's like well because you're a public figure and because you do su- like openly support those things then maybe shouldn't you should isn't have it your kind courage, of your responsibility yeah, to kind of do to that. come out like that but uh, it's complicated. Yeah. Yeah, I still think, like, in the end, like, that's you. But I'm also I think not part of that community, so I couldn't say how same. it affects me as, like, also a fan, you know? Right, same. So that's that's probably, the, like, a big thing that he's criticized for, I would say. But it's, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's not, it's, it's not that deep. No. 
His music is good. His music's great. All that really and he's just a pretty good person. Like he's very nice to people. His like main yeah. message and one of the name of one of his songs is treat people with kindness. Mm -hmm. And that's like something that he really, you know, puts that's out fine. there yeah. and supports a lot of great movements like LGBTQ plus rights, Black Lives Matter. And just like he's very true to himself, very mm -hmm. unapologetically himself and doesn't really care what people think. So that's pretty much it. I have a fuck Mary Kill, but I'm gonna wait till we're done. Yeah, because I was thinking we could just do like an I like the like collaborative like all together one. I agree. For some for some like this, it just makes more sense. Yeah, definitely. Sick. I learned so much. You did. Holy shit. Okay, my sources are Britannica about One Direction. We will not be saying anything about Britannica this episode. Okay, no, <laughs> that's enough. Um, the thing I quoted earlier from this morning, which is a video called Liam Payne on why he needed therapy after One Direction. Ha. This morning. Um. Yeah, that's like the name of it. I don't know. Okay. Oh, the show. The show. It's like a talk show? It's like a British so. talk show? I don't know. Anyways. I think sorry. so. Something like that. <laughs> um, a Rolling Stone article called Better Than Words, How One Direction Became One of the Great Rock Bands of the 21st Century by John Blistein. Um, every single album, the podcast by The Ringer, which is hosted by Nora Princiotti and Nathan Hubbard. I'm literally going to listen to that. It sounds so good. It was really, really good. Um, let's see what else. An article from Tomorrow Magazine called Hope You'll Remember How We Dance, The Impact of One Direction by Kelsey Barnes and Noreen Nasheed. And an insider article by Jillian Sizer called Then and Now, The Members of One Direction 11 Years Later. Yeah! All right, my boy band is the one and only NSYNC. So they formed in Orlando, Florida in 1995. Um, the first formed by one of the members, Chris Kirkpatrick, um, a Libra. Um, so basically Lou Pearlman, who is a record producer, <laughs> um, introduced Chris Kirkpatrick, um, was introduced to him, I think just I don't even know where they were, just, like, through the industry, like, connections. Because mm -hmm. none of them, like, it's kind of the same thing. Like, none of them were, like, they were all, like, pretty, you know, middle class, just, like, mm -hmm. dudes, you know, when they all met. So, he was just, like, maybe, they were all, like, did, like, music stuff before that. But just through that, like, met this producer. And he was, like, I like what you're doing, kid. So, he... Yes, there's like talent agencies and stuff, and they found Justin Timberlake like through another talent agency. But yeah, so they Kirkpatrick and Justin Timberlake met up through this through Lou Pearlman brought them together. Mm. Um, Justin Timberlake and Aquarius, which oh. is interesting that <gasps> both of the ones from the band, the, the our bands were the ones that had like the most successful careers afterwards. And they're both Aquarius. Yeah, that's very interesting. I don't really see the signs of the other ones because there's kind of a lot, but. That's fine. Um, so Justin Timberlake and another member of NSYNC, J.C. Chasses, I don't actually know how to say his name, sorry if that's wrong, um, but they were on the Mickey Mouse Club show, like some Mickey Mouse Club oh. show thing, and I think my sister even remembers like watching that, like it was around in like the 90s, or I think the late 80s, and it was just kind of like a talent type I think show I've heard of that. With, like kids like singing and like weird shit like that on like Britney Disney Spears Channel. On that? Yeah, I think she was like a yeah. lot of child stars in like the mm -hmm. early two thousand like nineties and two thousands were on that show. Yeah. So they met doing that. Um and then like afterwards they started working on demos together in Justin Timberlake's house in Memphis. Um so then He's the, from Memphis? Uh, yeah. Isn't that cool? Graceland. 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 
Yeah, so Justin Timberlake and Ch- Chasas were doing that, and they met Joey Fatone. Well, he's also an Aquarius. Interesting. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, they were searching for another member because they kind of need, they're like, we can't really do this. It's just the two of us. Yeah. So let's get another Right, we can't just have a duo. Yeah, so they got him, and then they recruited their first first bassist, um, and they kind of just played around for a while, not really doing much. Um, but Timberlake's mom commented on how their vocals were all in sync, and <sighs> they used that and the initials of their names, very <gasps> ABBA-esque, to form InSync. So they took the last letter of each of their names, so Justin, Chris, Joey, and JC, and did Oh, my NSYNC. God. I did not know that. I, I know. thought it was just because it was either. a pun. I know. I did, too. And I was like, why is this spelled like that with a little fucking asterisk? I still know why the asterisk Oh, yeah, there is an asterisk. Why? Um, maybe it's a scene without it, but... Huh. Edgy? I don't know. Whatever. So, this is so interesting to me. So, Chris was 23 when the band started, which is, like, old for, like, a boy band. And you can tell, like, you look at yeah. like, that dude is old. Um, <laughs> JC was 19, Joey was 18, and Justin Timberlake was 14. What? <laughs> four- okay. That is a nine-year difference. A 14-year-old and a 23-year-old, like, bye, 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 bye. Like, what? Wait. Like, what? that blows my fucking mind. That's so hilarious. Like, I can't imagine being, like, 23 and you're, like, serious about being in a band. And then they're, like, let's get this 14-year-old in here. And you're, like... What? But I guess, like, he signed up for it. Like, he was the one that was like, yeah, let's go. Get this fucker in here. I don't care who's 14. Wow. So funny. All right, so their self-titled album was released in 1998, um, and, like, Disney Channel aired a concert special a few months after that to kind of, like, promote it, and then they toured U.S. roller rinks. They, like, weren't that big yet, though, you know? So it was kind of just, like... Just, like, some weird guys at your dingy... Local yeah, it's like when so Elis Gardens used to do like little concert things, and it's like weird Aww. Disney Channel type like per, like artists, and it's it's like that. It's like that's yeah. what they did, but unlike those types of artists, like who like there's always just like random fucking people that would like concerts yeah. there. Actually, I think I think Zendaya played there once. So no <laughs> actually, way. in like 2012 or something. <gasps> wow. But anyways, they go on to have a lot of fame. So. Later that year, they released their holiday album, Home for Christmas, which went double platinum. And then that actually, like, shot them up. Like, they had their album, which was, like, you know, people listen to it, it was whatever. And then the holiday album came out, and then, like, from there, they were just, like, rolling out the albums. Damn. I know. Have you heard their Christmas song? I feel like I might have, actually. It's so good. It's my sister's, well, my sister loves NSYNC, but it's my favorite Christmas song. And it, honestly, is so good. Every Christmas. That's a Michael Bublé move. Yeah. It's actually so good. Um... So then No Strings Attached was released in 2000, um, and they, like, escaped their contract with Lou Pearlman because just, like, with everything in the music industry, it was, like, super horrible and, like, treated them really bad. Yep. Um, they joined Jive Records, which I don't – I mean, I don't think it was, like, super hard on them. They didn't have, like, a super intense contract with them, and there wasn't really any huge issues. Mm-hmm. So the sales of that album reached a million within a day of its release because Damn. that one had the bangers Bye Bye Bye. And it's going to be me. Oh, my God. How can you not? It's going to be May me. All that I do is <laughs> for you. No, it's so oh, good. It's Honestly, so good. NSYNC is like, how can no, they, they not slap. go, baby? They, they slap. slap. This is why even people, like, say that boy bands, like, the music boy bands make are bad. Like, just because they're, like, pop. Commercial and pop, like, doesn't mean they're not good. Doesn't mean they don't hit, man. I vividly remember watching, I think it's the Bye 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 music video. Is that the one where they're, like, yeah. no strings attached? Mm-hmm. So yeah. fucking good. I remember sitting in my living room as a kid and watching it on MTV and just being like, this is a masterpiece. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I was, like, what, 2005 when I was watching it? So that was, like, years after, and it's Damn. still, like, still fucking good. Up. Yeah. 
All right, so then they toured on that shit in 2000 and then again in early 2001 to promote their next album. See, it's like the same thing. Like, right? they released the album, they toured, they already recorded another album, so they started touring before the album was even released. Yep. That was fucking crazy. It's crazy. Um, so their next album, Celebrity, was released in 2001, like after their tour. Um, and then in the first week of sales, it reached nearly 2 million sales on that record. Damn. That's fucking insane. So did they have some, like a lot of crazy fans as well? Yeah, but I feel like, I mean, it's always like that, but I didn't, honestly, like, it seemed, like, pretty unproblematic. Obviously, I think it's, like, we're more detached from that now being 2022, right. and it's, like... And it's di- I feel like it's different in the 90s, like, without social media. And exactly. There like wasn't as much of that. I just, like, remember my sister. I remember there was, like, a lot of, like, uh, the same with, like, memorabilia, like, dolls and shirts oh, and all this shit. Like, my, my sister had everything in sync. All the CDs and everything. So, like, that was a huge thing. And if right. you were in the fan club, like, you would know because mm-hmm. you'd be strutting your NSYNC shirt with yes. your little fucking, I don't know, playing it on your CD player and shit. On your Walkman. I, I was going to say on your Walkman, but I was like, <laughs> my sister didn't even have a Walkman. You, at, at a certain point, it's like, you know. But, yeah, so I don't think their fans were as crazy, but obviously it's still the same as, like, as yeah. any other boy, boy band. Yeah, it's a boy band. Right. Um, but nothing, nothing, no stories I heard that were, like, fucking insane. No selling Justin Timberlake's puke on no, eBay? No, definitely not. I mean, I'd have to dig some more, but I... We'd I mean, have I to bet, check eBay. I bet there was some shit. We'd have to scavenge the internet for some... Justin Timberlake puke. No, literally, gone <laughs> Black market type. Um, so then they went on a huge stadium tour, um, right after that, and then they went on a hiatus in 2002. Oh. okay. So they weren't really even, like, that was, that was, like, if... One Direction stopped after that, what, that third album or something right. in like 2013. And then mm-hmm. they were like, okay, let's take a break. Because they were already feeling that kind of, like, strain as, like, being this huge boy band. And, like, their fame just happened all at once. Like, they were, like, not really doing much. They were super low-key. Mm-hmm. Even that first album was, like, pretty chill. And then after their second one, it just, like, blew up. Ooh. And yeah. they were just, like, rolling with that for like, a couple of years. So they're like, let's step back and take a break. Good for them. I know. So the main reason that they did take a break was because... Justin Timberlake also released his first solo album that year, so in 2002. <gasps> and the other lads were kind of just doing their own yeah, stuff. who the fuck are the other guys? <laughs> Honestly. No, literally, <laughs> I talked with them, like, they didn't really do that much, like, right? after Instinct. But yeah, so Justin Timberlake was doing his whole solo career, and at that point, I think, I think having, like, some of them as, like, older already when they started kind of impacted that as they were, like, they could see, like, Chris could see the potential in Justin Timberlake and was like, okay, like, he needs to go forward with that as, like, he's, like, what, 25 Go forth and conquer Justin. Yeah, you know Justin. what I mean? Like, he's 12, literally. He's, like, 25. Like, <laughs> no, are you really going like, to be in a boy band for the new. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's how One Direction and NSYNC are kind of different is, like, there wasn't so much of, like, a push from the industry because they got out of that contract, the their bad contract early. Right where they kind of had more freedom to just do what they wanted with their solo careers after... That's good. Their run with NSYNC after, like, be. a couple of years, which, like, right. good. They had their bangers, some kick-ass music videos. They were so popular. They made stopped. a fuck ton of money. It's kind of good to, like, and not keep it stopped. going to the point that it gets, like, you know, bad yeah. quality. And there wasn't a, ever a huge breakup. Like, it wasn't, like, one left the band, like, one just right. like, oh, my fucking God. Like, I... Obviously, I was not around during, like... I mean, I was, but I was, like born yeah I was literally like, just <laughs> yeah. born yeah so I wouldn't remember but there wasn't like a huge craze I mean I should ask my sister she probably was like so upset when they like 
yeah. officially broke up, but it wasn't like, we're done. Like, this is the last time. Like, right. they went on a hiatus, and then, you know, everyone kind of had the grieving period that they might not come back, and then they didn't, and that was the end. Exactly. So, the other members were kind of doing their own stuff. Um, Chelsea has released an album in 2004. Joy Fatone went to acting and performed a little on Broadway. And then Kirkpatrick did some, like, reality TV stuff. And then Lance Bass, who, like, was their new bassist after their first original one, Mm -hmm. um, became a certified cosmonaut. (laughs) I don't know why he decided to do that. But then moved to do TV and radio. And also does work for LGBTQ plus advocacy. Oh, cool. Yeah. But, yeah, so that was around 2002. Justin Timberlake's career was, like, going off the charts. He's popping off. Right. What's that one song? As long as I got my suit and tie. Oh, no, I'm before good. that. I'm bringing sexy yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm <remember>. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that? That shit comes, came out. Oh, my fucking It's a bopper. God. It is. Do you know sexy back? There's like a, a video like where they combine sexy back with the Home Depot theme song. Oh, no. It's like, I'm bringing sexy back. It like fits so well. It's hilarious. So good. That's really so good. Um, but then the group's website officially shut down in 2006, and then Bass reported to the press in 2007 that they were definitely broken up. Aww. So that gives them, like, teen girls a long time to grieve right. and, like, go through their stuff. But, yeah, they're never – and honestly, like, from everything I've read, like, there is some stuff that they're, like, kind of same with One Direction. Like, they were overworked, or they talked a lot about, like, needing a break from the band. Like, obviously, because they were just pushed so hard. Yeah. Um, but in the end, it was basically just because Justin Timberlake like, was, like, pushed to do his own solo career, like, pushed by the labels to do that and was supported by the labels. And I don't think the other members were really ever, like, I'm set on, like, being a musician, like, going into this. Because afterwards, none of them did, well, I guess Chasa's, like, did some of his own stuff. Mm-hmm. But other than that, none of them really did anything musically. So they were, like, supporting Justin Timberlake and That's knew that nice. he was, like, the most talented and, like, the youngest of all of them and was, like, supporting right. him in that. Like, yeah. brotherly bond. Like, come on. It's That's amazing. That's nice. So I wouldn't, like, technically call it a breakup because no one, like, every like article I read, it was, like, super mutual. Yeah. Everyone was on good terms. And even now, like, they'll, they still keep in contact and, like, so much less problematic I know. than mine. <laughs> so that's honestly basically it. So what made Justin Timberlake, like, what was his, like, it factor? It was kind of the same, almost, like, to a T of, like, Harry Styles. Maybe not as much as, like, the androgynous, like, play on that, mm-hmm. but definitely, like, cutest like Justin Timberlake yeah, is always part the of it. cutest and like the other ones were just uh, the other ones like really not that attractive like if you look at the picture of Instagram, you're like I mean one of them is way fucking yeah old, and so. you can tell you're like what the actual <laughs> fuck it's like funny when looking at the pictures of them now you're like this is what the girls are going I, crazy that about? to me is the most interesting part that, yeah so I think wow. that's almost why their fan base was like not as intense as One Direction too like the music was amazing and obviously they like oh, tried yeah. to appeal to that but they kind of grew out of that like boy band-esque mm-hmm. like I know like that boy band aesthetic early on right so and it seems like i think yeah also just social media has a big part to play in like the image that's projected onto the people in the band yeah and like i said justin timberlake was always in like the music like he was has been in this like yeah music and like acting from like a young age and that's what he knew he was gonna do and the others like had some of that but he was just really talented yeah and they saw that and just like supported that so that's amazing so nice i know wow but I, I feel like this is what just got me thinking about it because I was like, it's so interesting from like the Beatles, which did start off as a boy band. They wrote poppy love songs and they were all cute. Literally a boy and, band. Like yeah. they were a boy band. Like you can't. They'll dress that. the same. Yeah, like, have their little yeah, thing. Yeah, little they, dancing yeah, band. That was a boy band. Yeah, they were a boy band. And so it's just interesting to me, like why they're so 
literally so popular. Because I thought about it, I was like, okay, what if you like flipped it? Like, why do boy bands sell? Like, they they market it to teenage girls, which we like talked about. Mm-hmm. But why is that so much bigger of a selling point than if it was like a girl, girl group sold to teenage boys? Yeah, like the dynamic is just so it's different. That very would never. Different. No, work. and girl bands are never as successful as boy bands. No, it's literally all comes down to sexism. It's it does. The truth. It does. Because you think about it, if you're like, okay, if there was a, okay, the the Bengals, the Go Go's, something like that, and that's yeah. like, they were like kind of sexualized. They had this. They were literally a boy band, but girls. Like that's right. what that is. Mm-hmm. And like the way that they weren't, they also weren't marketed to young boy boys though, because girl bands are also marketed to teenage girls. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, they are. They're not really offering. And usually, when it's a boys. girls' group, they are addressing girls because they're they're writing from that place yeah, and they connect more with a female audience. Right. Which I'm just like, then <sighs> yeah, young girls are just and, and young girls are just like often seen like as they're just marketable because it's a profitable thing. Yeah. Because they're more passionate about exactly things. and like and and they're not maybe as... seen. They're almost like raised to be more materialistic and buy into like. Because, like, even yeah. when you're thinking of, like... Societally. Yeah, like, even just, like, brands of anything, like... Exactly. It's a lot of thing. A lot of items are marketed to girl, teenage girls because they know that they will Exactly. Yeah. They're more impressionable in a way, just yeah. societally. Just how they're raised. And also yeah. because women are just, you know, women and young girls in general, like, screaming and freaking out and showing your emotions over something that you're passionate about, like music, is, is much- a lot more commonplace, is, like... More yeah. acceptable than it's if, like, still, if men were to be screaming and like yeah, excited and it's for still a like music. Looked down upon for women. It's still looked down but upon. But they kind of can corral around that as a group where men can't do that. Right. Especially for like a the way that men view that, you know, from that like different. toxic masculinity. But where women like, when I'm a small like girl and like another girl's freaking out about a boy band, I also like if I share yes. that, I'm gonna freak out with them. But boys, it's like. It's like, oh, they're, that's embarrassing. Yeah, like societally, they're taught that that's wrong unless mm-hmm. it's for a sport or some shit like that. That's you know, a masculine. typically masculine yeah. thing. Yeah, for something for music, especially for like pop music, it's like, well, if like even for any music, it's like, if a man, if a boy were to be like screaming and crying and be like, what the what fuck the is fuck? wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. You Which know, is just so, so weird. So it's just like a lot of gender. Boy bands is just a crazy phenomenon. I feel like if you like a gender studies class, it would be so interesting to take, and then so analyzing boy bands would just be. So fucking interesting because it all does come down to like gender and how we view it that in society. It's so fucking and also crazy. just like puberty and what people go through literally when they're younger. It's you know? insane. Yeah, and how so, and yeah. how boy bands are marketed too. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So many factors. So many. So I just think that boy bands in general are just so interesting. I'm it's such a like phenomenon. More boy bands that. Well, we wanted to have our friend Brenna come on oh the my podcast. God, yeah. Unfortunately, she couldn't because she was going to talk about. K-pop bands, so like K-pop boy bands like BTS and stuff. There's usually a boy band in like every generation. Like I would say, I know the 2000s, 2010s. One Direction was the biggest one, and then you have like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Boys. 90s, yeah, Beatles, Monkeys. If we're going farther back, and then now it's K-pop. K-pop, which is so interesting. Which is cool, also because it's the first band that's. It's kind of the first non-Western. Yeah, and I I just think a lot of. I don't know. I think I think of this way, like anime too, and how that's grown a lot is like, oh, yeah. you know, from like Asian entertainment standpoint. I feel like they're they're like pretty popular. I don't know how popular like K-pop really is or anime pretty is. Pretty popular in you know. I've never been to an Asian country. I don't really know like what yeah. it's like there. Right. But I'm guessing it's pretty popular. And now they're like, well, let's expand our market to Western because like it's the same. Like it's mm-hmm. the same 
thing. Like entertainment is pretty much yeah, like universal. Un yeah, it's like uniform across because we're all just people. It's pretty uniform of like what we're drawn into. Yeah, like besides like some slight cultural differences, but mm -hmm. that's easy to market to like Western culture and they, and they are totally banking off that like good for them like right? they're making bank maybe we'll maybe in the future we'll do like a bonus thing talk about boy bands again and have Brenna on yeah because i really want to hear her since that on. is like the modern boy band yeah. right now is k-pop boy bands like i'm curious as to how it's different from one direction yeah. NSYNC and how it's also the same a lot of the same because i feel like it does like there's so many patterns that like after you say oh, stuff yeah. about one direction like that's the same thing as NSYNC, exactly the same thing as when the but Beatles they still started are off. they still are different Wow, so intriguing. Oh wait, amazing. well, fuck Mary Kill. Oh yeah, well I mean that's the that's the cherry on that's top. That's the cherry but. on top, am I right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well I've got one. Okay, I'm just gonna go for for yours because I didn't. It's fine. I just thought we'd think of one of the end together. We, I mean, it if you already have it thought out. <laughs> Let's go. We it. got fuck Mary Kill, One Direction, mm -hmm. NSYNC, The Beatles. Oh my god, amazing. Oh my god, wait, right? that's hard. It's kind of hard. Well, <sighs> I'm gonna marry The Beatles. Fuck in sync, kill One Direction. Oh wow! I, I just had no after all this. I had no tie to One Direction. <laughs> no, I and in sync, I know more songs by in sync than One Direction, and they got the fucking bangers. Okay, you're right. And Beatles, oh, how can you not marry the Beatles? Just the best. I would also marry the Beatles. I married the Beatles. Actually, no, I'd. Uh... That's a toughie for you. That is a toughie. Marry or fuck the Beatles. We'll see. <laughs> Never thought I had to ask myself this. I'd have to. I'd have to marry One Direction. Actually, oh, it has a place in your. It has heart. a place in my heart. I can't just fuck One Direction. Yeah. Come on, they mean more to me than that. True. Um, marrying One Direction, I'm gonna have to fuck the Beatles, I guess. Kill Insane. Oh my god, we both NSYNC. killed each other's bands. Well, neither of us are like. Well, okay, this I love. Happened. I do love Insane, but yeah. I only really know like three or four of their songs. See, that's how I am with like One Direction. Where I know not every even One, I, like, Direction song. one One Direction song. Oh, but, your source is. Oh, yes. yes. Resources. I use Wikipedia. I didn't use Britannica. <gasps> I used an AllMusic um, article. I used an article from HuffPost by Lee Blickley. And then I used a CNN article by Lisa Respers France. Yay! And that's it. That's a wrap on pop culture vultures for now. Oh, yeah. Episode five. We yeah. ended with just a lighthearted. No? Super lighthearted and Taking fun. it back. We'll be back in the fall with more jamming yes. episodes. Taking the summer off. Yeah. We'll be working. Well, well, we'll, work we'll be working all the summer. Yeah, we will. Oh, yeah. Be editing those. But. But. Then we'll be back. Tune back in the fall. Yeah. For more. For more. For more fun. Just us yipping and yapping. Yeah. Yipping and yapping. About whatever we want. Exactly. This is our podcast. What we that's what we do. Okay. Um, anyways. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, See guys. You later. See you. Bye. This podcast was written and produced by Tony Elton and Julia Murtis, edited by Tony Elton, music by Sam Shapiro, and a special thanks to Lucy Richardson, Carlos Jimenez, Ethan Crawford, and the DU Media Film and Journalism Department.